another episode of the Do Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for coming back and joining us again. Uh, with me uh, today is our frequent guest and co-host, uh, Mr. Thomas. Hello, everybody. And uh, we we are just kind of, uh, we got some articles and things we want to talk about and uh, some some interesting things in the world of entertainment going on. But uh, first and foremost, I want to uh, once again put out, if you're looking for Feel Your Fandom on any social media outlet or whatnot, we are on facebook.com forward slash Feel Your Fandom. In addition to that, we are on Instagram at Feel Your Fandom, Twitter at, un, or it's at Fuel underscore Your, which is the weirdest thing. I don't know why I ended up on that, but. And then uh, Anchor FM is our, our homepage, anchor.fm forward slash Feel Your Fandom. Uh, we'll give you a link to find all of our different uh, avenues of listenership via Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. There's like eight of them total. So Yeah, Anchor's a good way to share it because you can listen right in the browser on anything. Absolutely. And, and if you're more like me, you go through Spotify, it, it kicks it out to there as well. In addition, uh, kind of an exciting new... Uh, development um, after my conversation with Mr. Hayden last week, Ray Hayden, uh, we ended up uh, interfacing with uh, Mark Gordon with Seattle Wave Radio, and it looks like uh, coming up here in the very, very near future, maybe even as you're listening to this, we will be on Seattle Wave Radio, which is a fun new distribution uh, marketplace for the podcast. So I'm really excited to be involved with Seattle Wave Radio. Uh, they also have my my friend Ray's got a podcast on there called Houston, and then his wife, the very lovely and talented Jessica Lynn, has a podcast called uh, Packing a Punch. So, Seattle Wave Radio is going to be a, a new distributor for Feel Your Fandom and a new uh, partner with us. So, I'm super excited about that. So, the biggest thing in the news right now, and I, and I'm kind of wanting to try and talk about like current events with as it resolves around the nerd industry and and things of that nature. Uh, topic wise, there's a lot going on. So, big thing first and foremost, uh, I know you've all heard about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. What is it? COVID nineteen, I think is what they're calling it. Yep. Uh, it's having its drastic impact. On the entertainment industry, or every industry, but oh, in yeah. specific, we're talking about the entertainment industry. Uh, movie productions, television show productions being shut down. Yeah. Uh, locations being moved. Yeah. Which I never got because I don't know what where, where the hell are they going to go. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere now. Uh, I think that they're just trying to reduce the amount of people out and about. So I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's just not going at all. Yeah, for, in a lot of cases, they've been. I saw even the NBA was talking about maybe having to play games without fans. Empty stadiums. Yeah, just ten dudes and two refs. <laughs> just squeak, 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 and still one dude up in the stands going hot dog, hot so dog. Nobody. nobody, nobody wants hot dog. And then uh, things like uh, I've talked about it before. I ordered that uh, video game off a of Kickstarter, uh-huh. the little arcade game. Yeah, production's been halted. Oh, yeah, getting stuff from China has been uh, hard. Yeah. Which is funny because the world runs off of China's back, quite literally. Yeah, don't don't tell that to certain political people. But, yeah. Uh, uh, production has halted on a lot of things, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's just one of the ways that it's affected me. Uh, I mean, it's t- 
turnaround time on wish orders is going <laughs> up. Uh, My Ally Express. Like Ally Express. And, um, also, huge concert series are being canceled. South yeah. by Southwest got canceled. Yeah. Yeah, in between planning and recording this podcast, uh, the big one for you, yeah, Emerald City Comic Con, yeah, and and in fact, I had planned to talk about it because they had been staunch up till yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, today being the seventh, they had been staunchly firm on we're going to keep it going. Yep. We may lose a few guests, yeah. we may lose a few vendors, but we're going to keep the thing going. We are going to try to. Ad- persevere in the face of all of this you know adversity and then i was as i was talking to you about it tom yesterday i was scrolling down this list of cancellations i mean and it was long pages long of cancellations and i literally got to the point where i was like well who the heck is left there's right. no one left yeah well king county the seat of seattle is put out a notice that if you can work from home to please do so regardless of your age and whatever they're trying to get just as many people to self-quarantine as they can. So, yeah, I think that was a, a bit of pressure from the city, not just losing vendors, you know? Well, I know, and they have to... And what people don't realize is that Seattle area in general and then the whole of Washington were kind of the epicenter of the United States coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, well, we're we're the closest to Asia. Yeah. We get, we get a lot of through traffic. Yeah, with the import-export through mm-hmm. here and... It's either here or it's California, and it right. just happened to be us. So. Yeah. Yep. We. I mean, the the cases aren't too big a surprise. If it was going to happen anywhere, Seattle makes sense. Logistically speaking, it makes sense, but it it is kind of taking a, a, a toll on uh, people's sanity. Even I mean, <laughs> the Costco epidemic right now. People running out to try and buy every bottle of water, every yeah. package of toilet paper, every bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah. And people are trying to flip hand sanitizer on eBay and things like that. It's ludicrous because there's a virus. It's not a germ. Yeah. So hand sanitizer, yes, it might help a little. Not any more than washing your hands. Yeah. Just wash your damn hands, you nasties. Yeah. Seriously. This isn't going away. The, the rush up on getting uh, filter masks. <laughs> has just been absolutely insane. I've seen people post on Facebook like, "I need one for my family." The filter mask is pregnant. They do like, nothing. Bud. They do nothing. They do nothing to curb the spread of this. Yeah. Nothing curbs not, the not, spread of this. Not 3M painters masks. People, no. people are throwing like socks on their face. Some guy showed up to Congress dressed in a goddamn gas mask. Yeah, that guy's a clown, though. I know, uh, and I don't care what side of the political spectrum he's on. He's yeah. Kind of clown shoes. Yeah, it's clown shoes move for sure. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, there's no escaping it. All we can say, guys, from us to you, wash your hands. Wash them a lot. Just don't sneeze directly in people's mouths. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just avoid large events unless it costs a bunch of money and you can't get a refund. Then s- still go because <laughs> you only live once and you might as well get coronavirus while doing it. Yeah, and what people fail to realize, it's only attacking people with no, it's I mean, immune it's, systems that are kind of compromised. It's so. it's pretty. It, it I I don't mean to make light of it. it. It is pretty serious. Like just it's not you know. It's like gallows humor more than anything else. We have to make light of it because if we don't, you're just staring into the abyss. You know, you're well, just looking at the dread of it all. <laughs> overreacting is better than being passive. It's better to be too concerned than to not be too 
to not be concerned at all when it's like too late. So, yeah, I mean, we got plenty of toilet paper in the house, and I'd rather they cancel ECC than have any of my favorite celebrities pass away from some stupid for, fair for, for going to some stupid event. That's fair, and 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 you shouldn't take a health risk to go to an event like that. Yeah, especially because they take like pictures with thousands of sweaties. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Getting grungy. See, and I took offense. I went to a Comic Con a few years back and. I tried to shake Will Wheaton's hand, and Will Wheaton wouldn't shake my hand. He just gave me the fist bump. And I thought I was being slighted at one point. You were. <laughs> he shook my hand. Just kidding. <laughs> That's what Josh was telling me, my old bass player. He's he, like, oh. He shook my uh, hand. He shook everyone else's hand. He just fist bumped you. He must not like you. Yeah. No. No, he, they fist bump people because so many sweaty, oh, yeah, nasty Thousands hands. of people. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to shake most people's hands. I, I, there's a there's a movement going on right now amongst the Star Trek community. People are trying to get to replace handshakes and fist bumps with the the the, the Vulcan salute. With the live long and prosper, I'd be absolutely. That. I'm down with that. Yeah. The the lady at the uh, bank yesterday when we went to go pay rent. The lady at the bank yesterday got up on the chair to give us an elbow bump. That's funny. Instead of shaking hands, yeah, or fist I, bump I saw that. Day. I saw that going around too. A little a little bit of crossbones, forearm players, or baseball <laughs> player style. A little bit of Sammy Sosa. Or almost kind of like a chicken dance, kind of mm. chicken greeting. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but keep safe out there. Wash your bloody hands. Stop picking at your face. Stop digging in your nose. Don't yeah. lick doorknobs. Quit quit licking the poles on the bus. I've seen that happen, you nasties. See, other kind of things that we can talk about. The Dan DiDio and Jim Lee fallout with yeah, DC Comics. I Fill me in on what's going on here. I haven't heard anything about this. Now, I, I've kind of been reading a little bit about it just because I've been trying to educate myself. Okay. Uh, I knew Jim Lee was in charge of comics. I've heard Dan DiDio's name before, but I wasn't exactly sure what he did. Right. Jim Lee is like the like active president or what's going on? He is there? now. He's yeah. like the sole president. Now. Right. They split duties before. It was kind of a co-president situation. They were both kind of the head of DC Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan DiDio was in charge of all of the, and they call it this, like the crises, the big multi-art crossovers and things like that. And he was kind of, that was kind of his baby was doing these big old life shattering, which was continuity changing kind of their, um, Disney Renaissance of their own lately. True. And they, I mean, they go through so many of those. Yeah. Uh, Flashpoint, New 52, New 52 into Rebirth, Rebirth into whatever the hell they're doing now. Um, yeah, like once a decade or <laughs> twice, you got to reinvent yourself. They do it a lot. Yeah. Ever since the original Crisis. Um, but one of the things that they were doing now, they were setting up for this newest thing. It was called uh, 5G, mm-hmm. which they changed it from 5G to something else because of the whole advent of 5G technology and cell phone technology. They wanted to differentiate and brand it different. But uh, Dan DiDio was in charge of this whole thing. And, and, and from what I understand about the things that they've been teasing about this event was that they were going to switch it to where these heroes have aged in real time. So, like, for instance, since their Wonder Woman was debuted in, in World War II. Since their Genesis, like original right. writings. So that would put, like, Bruce Wayne being an old man. Yeah, like Superman's Superman dead. be hella old, but what Superman like, ages differently because he's. Wasn't old. that shit written in like the 1930s? Yeah, like the original Jerry Siegel, Joel Schuster, yeah, Superman. Yeah, it was back then. 
And uh, so they would have these characters that have aged in real time all of a sudden somehow out of nowhere. And their protégés having aged in real time. Now they're kind of looking for that new, that fifth generation of... That's why it's the superhero. Yeah. Okay. So it's like uh, it's Batman Begins. Batman Begins kind of would be something similar, but I think they were teasing uh, Luke Fox as kind of Batman's replacement. I don't know who that is. Uh, Lucius Fox's child. He played oh, Batwing for a while. Gotcha. Superman. I'm not sure who his replacement was going to be. Wonder Woman. I don't know who her replacement. I mean, it was all going to be this next generation of right. superhero following in the tradition of the originals, and it's it's a marketing ploy. They're never going to get rid of Bruce Wayne. They're never going to get rid of Diana Prince or Clark Kent. Yeah. They're not going to do that. But it was kind of a gimmick, a, a crisis level gimmick, right? To try and sell books, right? And so, I know DiDio got fired within like two weeks the last two weeks mm-hmm. and so Jim Lee has kind of taken over as sole president of content marketing content for DC and now I'm not entirely sure what the plan going forward for 5G is there were talks that if 5G failed uh, that they were going to maybe entertain buyout offers from Marvel Comics okay, or from Disney or other entities Really? Which DC w- would sell to Marvel? Is that what you mean? That was the rumor. Huh. The rumor was quickly squashed by Jim Lee. I feel like they Jim go Lee. to AOL Time Warner. They belong to him. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. they already do? Yeah, DC owns is owned by uh, Warner. Okay. has been owned by Warner for forever, which is now merged with AT&T. So they are in that branch of things. Okay, yeah. but the rumor had it that... If 5G went bad, then Warner would be willing to sell and divest themselves of the property in general, mm-hmm. and that Disney and Marvel might pick it up, which would, of course, be very, very strange. Uh-huh. So uh, they didn't end up doing that. Jim Lee went on stage at some press junket somewhere down the road and was like, no, that was never in the cards. We were never going to sell. We've been independent since the... you know." 30s or 40s or whenever it is that DC became a thing, or 85 years. We've been independent for 85 years. We're going to be independent for 85 more years. Uh-huh. And, and so it was trying to put people's uh, minds to rest on that. So Here's what they should do. Rebrand. Go back to being called Detective Comics. Bring back Wildcats. <laughs> Just let Jim Lee go full cokehead 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you could get uh, Eric Larson and his Savage Dragon back. You yes, could do, dude. get Spawn back in there. Right. And, just a, f- a fire sale on pouches and accessories <laughs> over at DC. Don't give Rob Liefeld any ideas. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to innovate. We need to recreate. I but, think a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, that could be good. That could be bad." Uh, I don't really think that all of our comics need to be. I mean, because yes, there are independent comic companies: Dynamite, Boom, uh, Oni Press, uh, all these different companies: Dark Horse and. Uh, independent labels like that, but the two bigs are always going to be DC and Marvel. Yeah. And I don't think we need to see them both under the same umbrella. That would be... No, I I, I like the more hats in the ring, the better, you know? You get more content. Get more content, more varied content, keeps people on their toes. Right. A lot more interesting things. But I also feel like 
because there's more hats in the ring, the big guys are still forced to remain creative. Like, Moon Knight's always going to be awesome. Moon Knight's always super creative. They're bringing him to Disney Plus, as I understand. Right, and I, but I'm saying, you know, he's just such a weird character. He's not just a normal costume caper, no, a pajama hero, as he were. Mentally broken, schizoid humanoid. Speaking of other interesting stuff, uh, we up? were we were watching New Mutants trailers before we started this recording today, and that looked a lot more interesting, and cool than I figured it would be. I'm actually pretty excited about going to see it. See, and I've always been kind of excited about the prospect of the new mutants entering the X-Men universe, mm-hmm. as it were, back in the Brian Singer days, because I've said it before on the podcast, I'll say it again, uh, New Mutants was one of the few books that I started with. Mm-hmm. Uh, X-Force was my main book for a very, very long time, which is the book that New Mutants turned into after 100 issues. It had the up-and-coming young X characters... Uh, starting off, and that's where Cable developed, and that's where uh, Deadpool developed. That's where you know all these different characters became a thing. Huge apocalypse storylines, and yeah, that's where you really got a lot of cool X Men stuff that wasn't just gold and blue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the fact is, is once they announced that movie, and this is something like we were looking at the trailers and then one of the trailers was listed as two years ago the teaser the first teaser yeah the first two te- years and ago. so the, you, that means like they probably they finished like filming yeah like three years ago and what happens is that they shelved it because of the whole fox uh, they shelved it initially to do reshoots mm-hmm. then they shelved it because of the fox disney merger and then they just kind of shelved it as the x universe was just going away and so they're like trying to decide whether or not this is something that's going to be released on DVD. Is this something that's going to be, you know, theatrically viable, especially after the uh, dumpster fire that was uh, Dark Phoenix? Oh, God. Did you see that one? Yes. Unfortunately. It was, it was not great. I don't know. I haven't liked any of the new three X Men Temple movies. They were all pretty disappointing and kind of. First class and. Apocalypse. And yeah. There was one after oh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past was the Past. second one. Yeah. Oh, so is there four? Yeah, there was uh, First Class, Days of Future yeah. Past, Apocalypse, and then Dark Phoenix. I mean, Days of Future Past was all right. First Class was bad. <laughs> Apocalypse was bad, but at least they looked cool. Have my boy Oscar Isaacs in there, Poe Dameron, right? Looking like a a reject from a Power Rangers. Yeah, film. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, he does good, but it looks bad. I don't know. It's all, I mean, it's I kind lo- of the death knell it's of the X Men universe. It's just like I understand it's really difficult to make such a big movie with so much input from everybody, but they're like bankrupt of artistic merit. <laughs> they're just popcorn movies that they're at their worst. It feels like. Right, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like something that you have to run out and see, yeah. especially when you've got things like, you know, your Spider Mans and your Iron Mans and your right Avengers movies and all of these movies that Marvel has managed to make must watch movies, which you don't feel like the there's like twenty five of them, but you don't feel like there's twenty five of them. No, You're just like all of a sudden we're at Avengers Endgame and it's like you've got this incredible catalog and backstory to go from. Yeah. It doesn't. It feels so much more forced with 
the x-men franchise oh dude i def that's exactly the word for it i felt like i just needed to see it to get this over with (laughs) where i've just been like all right well i've been like stuck on this watching this series for like 10 years now i might as well finish it right whereas each marvel movie i'm excited for the next one and can't wait to see what's in it but this one i'm just like oh my god so yeah here we go again then we come around to new mutants which they finally decided disney and their infinite wisdom has decided we are going to make a theatrical release out of Mm -hmm. we're not going to do any massive reshoots to retool the movie we're just going to kind of shove it out the door and let it rise or fall on its own merit and what they've done with the movies they've made it look like a horror movie yeah they're calling it uh, Marvel's first foray into the horror kind of feeling. I don't want to say it's a horror movie, but it's definitely got those horror beats to it, at it's, least through the trailer. It's grim dark without appearing to be try hard, which <laughs> if you've listened to it, I like to throw that phrase around, grim dark try hard, but Easy. it is it's it's dark. It's got they're in like a mental institution. They the kids are afraid of something. It's you demon know, bear. Demon bear, you know. So it's yeah, it's it looks good. It looks interesting. They're treating it much like a, like a horror flick. The, the, all the trailers are all very, very horror beat and and very uh, geared to be suspenseful and jump scary. And with the success of things like it, and with the success of things like mainstream horror has been doing. Yeah. Marvel, of course, wants to dip their toes in the sand and, and get a little taste of that. So. Yeah. Well, I think that there's been a lot of appeal towards like in actual intense dramas and stuff. And they're, they're trying to move away from just popcorn flicks, you know, I get they're, it. they're trying to put some more effort in, which I'd, you know, applaud them for, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I was talking to someone the other day about, uh, how it seems like with the advent of Disney plus, it gives them an opportunity to, to go a bunch of different ways uh, to explore different genres and different um, viewpoints and different editorial and directorial styles without having to risk a lot of fundage because these movies are multi, multi-million multi dollar movies. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to do a TV show like WandaVision where you explore the internal workings of one character's mind, you can do that on a small scale that you don't really... I mean. People are going to be invested in in Disney Plus anyways. They bought it. It's already right. out there. Well, and like I feel like Disney, well Disney has historically done this thing where they shuffle their more risky IPs underneath other branches of their company. They'll like give it to Touchstone mm-hmm. so that way they don't have to bear the grunt of like public condemnation if it doesn't like isn't received well. So like Nightmare Before Christmas, which was too scary for kids, they just shuffled off so to not be a Disney movie, so that way they're not like you know worried about their brand. And now but that it's but now that it's Disney Plus, they can just kind of put anything on there, and they're yeah. like, "Well, then don't watch it, guys. Just Seriously. we're not we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna advertise anything. It's just gonna be on there. Like they're not, you know. It's just like it's a different game when it's all Disney. Mm-hmm. Now that they can't just like shuffle it around and act like it's not their stuff. But it it is it's just their brand image. They really don't want to deal with the scorn of getting in the news for some kind of you know untasteful joke about farts or something that just gets you know so blown out of proportion that they got to deal with it and spend money on lawyers and spend money on advertising to undo it you know well wait till deadpool comes out the new deadpool movie that's what i'm saying so like now that they're buying now that they've 
absorb these riskier things that are a bit more have a bit more teeth to them they're gonna start doing more teethier things like they can't just like swoop up the simpsons and stop making all the uncolor the color commentary jokes that the simpsons has been known for you know it'll be interesting yeah so yeah let's take a quick commercial break and uh, we'll come back i uh, got a few more things i want to talk about absolutely if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started welcome back uh so another piece of nerd uh, news that dropped this week that i feel is kind of important is uh now i don't know about you i've talked about my love of retro video gaming forever uh one of the very first games that i ever dumped an inordinate amount of time into uh was back in the original playstation days was final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. now i had messed around with Final Fantasies, you know, the first couple, you know, on the original NES and things like that, Super Nintendo. Um, but I never really got into them. They were never really story-driven enough for me to invest time-wise. Um, but Final Fantasy VII was a different animal altogether, and it started the entire new wave of uh, JRPGs that kind of swept the country for a long while after that. Yeah. Uh, it was engrossing, it was involving, it was like 130 hours worth of gameplay back in that day, Yeah, I which mean, was huge. And that's if you powered through it on a mission to finish it, that's like, you know. Yeah, you could get lost in side quests 130 is probably a good, a good rate if you're trying to beat it fast. So they've been teasing for the last, I don't know, seven years, a remake of Final Fantasy done with updated graphics and updated story and updated gameplay to uh, bring it more into modern sensibilities as far as what video games are doing. Uh, They finally, after teasing us with it for years, trailers and gameplay bits, you know, over YouTube, they finally dropped a trailer. Or not a trailer, excuse me. They finally dropped a demo. Playable demo, yeah. A playable demo this week. And, of course, so I was Johnny on the spot downloading that. And um, I don't know how long it took to download. I got crappy internet here. We just I just started downloading when we went out and ran errands for a few hours. When I came back, it was ready. So, jumped right into it. Holy shit. The story is there. Mm-hmm. The graphics are stunning. Yeah. The music is... Like an updated version of the original music. It's very orchestral, very uh, engrossing and, and captivating. And 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 the thing that initially torqued me off about it was because I heard that this massive, massive game was going to be broken into multiple games. And, of course, the cynical side of me goes automatically, goes, oh, they just want to suck more money out of my wallet, which they're going to do. Yeah, I was well, pissed about that because I knew they were gonna get it. Well, because didn't Resident Evil do that? Where it's just like episode one, episode two. And it's like, bud, it's just one game. Don't give me this. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and it's 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 the fact and, and it had to be explained to me. And I regret that it had to be explained to me, but it's basically like this. This game, this four disc PlayStation One game with all of its open world and storytelling and this, that and the other thing would be hideously expensive if it was one game now. Yeah. Because of the time consumption of remaking this entire game from the ground up like they did. Uh it would be a lot. Yeah. De- story elements would get lost. Things would be cut for time. Uh, as opposed to now with they're making it a multiple game arc uh, with a multiple game release schedule. It gives them the opportunity to keep more and more of the game intact and give us truly what we wanted. So my initial knee-jerk reaction to it just being uh, uh, a shitty cash grab... Well, yes, it's going to be a shitty cash grab because it's going to take like three, four games to get the entire saga out there. It They're handling it in a way that's respectful. Right. It does make you feel like by having to break it up that they're giving it its actual due time rather than just like, hey, we jammed this thing out because we knew it would sell, you know, because that's usually what you get 20 years later on mm-hmm. an IP. It's cash just grab. a cash grab. Yeah. But it is polished it is detail for detail because this isn't like a an update or remake where they just slap the skins on the Mm -mm. old engine kind of like halo combat evolved granted there's a lot of work that went into the update but it is just reskinned original engine which i'm sure has its own difficulties but this game was completely remade fresh from new Mm -hmm. which is just amazing because it is it's huge the old the old final fantasy 7 was basically just on rails you walk from the back of the screen to, or the front of the screen to the back of the screen and then a new area loads and this one's you're exploring every little nook and cranny picking up them little things getting, right getting your gills or whatever it was called yeah and so i mean like i said as much as i wanted to hate it as much as i wanted to be you know cynical and upset at square enix i know uh if if you're a fan of the kingdom hearts series you know that they don't rush a product they might jam 800 other products down your throat before giving you that third installment. Yeah. You know, well, Chain and, of Memories and Sleep Before Death or whatever the hell all those games were called. On that note, the that those million iterations in between, you can tell that they learn a lot and actually do use the better systems going right. forward. Because like, when I was watching you play it before we started, um, made a comment that it seems kind of um, Kingdom Hearts system-y because before the old one was a turn-based strategy game right and now it's a bit of a hack and slash and then you can slow down time to use your special achieve you know special things mm-hmm. so it just they've learned a lot over the years to make it more fun and more interactive because yeah i don't think I could do turn-based turn, is hard these days a 200 hour turn-based strategy game yeah i've been there done that. i don't think i could do it yeah and and they made it more like you're involved in combat and if you want to just play as cloud for instance the demo kind of takes you through the the first part of the chapter, which is like destroying a Mako generator, which is a power generator. And uh, towards the end of the demo, it gives you the ability to have uh, Barrett in your team as well, who's the heavy brawler with the machine gun arm, Gatling gun arm. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you the opportunity, instead of being turn-based where it's Cloud's turn, now it's Barrett's turn, now it's the enemy's turn, now it's Cloud's turn, it takes it to where you can just go at the bad guy as cloud if you need to 
until there's something that's like a flying enemy you can't get to because you're close combat weapon. Uh, then you can you tap a button and it switches you instantly to Barrett and you can do all the Barrett's attacks and Barrett's magic and Barrett's healing and and it's with a push of a button that you flip back and forth between these now. Right. So it's a lot more fluid. It's a lot more. Which was a Kingdom Hearts thing, I think. I believe so. Because uh, I I, th- I believe you can switch between Donald and and Goofy on the fly. Well, someone can also to. They do, weren't like, doing you, their part. You have your basic attack where you're just kind of button mashing, and then you're like, well, this guy's. You know, he's got resistance to my basic melee attack, so I want to hit him with my fire Gaia. And then you pull up your little menu, rubber bands into slow motion, and then in slow motion you cast your spell or whatever, and then it goes back to normal speed. And it's all very fluid and seamless, and so you can get that strategy depth and take your time to slow things down and think it through. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of button mash, and it's you know it's nice to have both. It feel it seems like it's really fun to play. Yeah, it feels like a really good integration of the original style with the new style. And uh, like I said, going in, I knew there was going to be some tweaks. But I don't feel like any of these tweaks are any red flag enough for me to be pulled out of it. If anything, they develop the story more to give us more of an in-depth and engrossing kind of feel. So I'm looking forward to it. I figure they've already got my money at this point. There's no getting around it. So... Anyways, next, uh, I had a little bit of stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars a bit. Yeah, so in between our last, or my last episode and now, I had the chance to see... Finally. Rise of Skywalker. What did um, you think? I think it should have been named The Phantom Menace. <laughs> but that's <laughs> aside from the point. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there's been since... You know, the ending, there's been, like, the book came out, or yeah, the, the, novel, just, the, the book novelization. Just dropped, like, a, about a week and a half ago. Right, and it had a bunch of additional information that kind of rustles my jimmies a little bit, just not in, like, my fan my fan jimmies, just my brain jimmies. <laughs> and, like, I just, you know, the, the leap in logic is a bit of a stretch, but I absolutely loved the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I do felt, I do feel like it made the eighth one like I like everybody said I remember saying people are saying that it kind of undoes eight and it did you could watch number seven and number nine and skip eight and it wouldn't matter at all (laughs) but I absolutely love number nine I'd pay to see it again right now I thought it was great it'll be out on blu-ray soon I will steal it then just kidding (laughs) no I'll, I'll buy it for sure I love it sure but uh, and in specific, some of the details that he's talking about now, and some of the major articles that have come out surrounding the book. Now, I haven't read the book yet. Uh, who the hell has time to sit down and read a book these days? Uh, I'm always go, 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 go. But uh, uh, some of the revelations that have come out in regards to the Phantom Menace, or not the Phantom Menace. Now you got <laughs> it's Rise of Skywalker. Given, uh, uh, spoiler warning. If yeah, we're probably too late on yeah. that front, but. That's a conversation. Put a pin in that because I want to come back to that. To spoiler warning? Spoilers, yeah. Okay. But uh, as far as Rise of Skywalker is concerned, now, of course, by now, everyone knows Palpatine is back. Um, Sheev Palpatine is returned as the Emperor. Yes. What they didn't explain in the movies necessarily explicitly was that he was a clone. Oh, not only did they not explain it explicitly, they didn't hint at it. They said that he had cloned the other dude and he looked exactly like he did 
and but he was just hooked up to machines to keep him alive. You right. know what I mean? If that dude stepped out of a of a hydroponic tube chamber or whatever, you know, the bubbly water thing, like he's fucking Weapon X, I would have I would have been cool. But at, at no point does it not seem like he was just an immortal Highlander that survived his fall. The thing is. <laughs> I'm going to get my well Tell, actually on here. Well actually. Well actually. Yeah. Um, anyone who's uh, at all familiar with the extended universe of Star Wars, which would be the books and the comics and even, the video even games. Even not and, the extent, because one, one of the movies is about clones. Yes, so it's Attack of the Clones. One entire ninth of these <laughs> of this of this shit is about clones. So it's fair for it to be about for it for him to be a clone. I'm just saying, you know. Right, and in the books, uh, the Emperor is reborn through cloning. Uh, there's yeah. comic books centered around it. There's uh, the entire original uh, Thrawn trilogy that was done by Timothy Zahn. Right. Focuses around not just clones of the Emperor, but clones of Luke. And, I mean, right. cloning just, in general. My problem is, is that explanation requires so much more and makes so much less sense. Because he would need someone who wanted to clone him, who recovered him, who kept you know he would have needed some kind of ally in this well, think all, of it this way other than just hey i survived and i'm such an immortal badass because of my <laughs> sith hatred that i kept my you know my anger kept me alive or whatever well i'm going to explain it in in a, in a bit of a nerdy way because i know a lot about the lore behind it hit me with a daddy okay so attack of the clones develops it brings us the the cloners of camino yes they show us how they clone a clone army right uh the stormtroopers originate from that yep. now uh, it was through uh, Palpatine's direct order that these clones were created through a shell corporation being, you know, Count Dooku and... Right. And uh, I forget the other guy's name all of a sudden. Oh. The guy who ordered the clones. It's kind of immaterial, but yeah. Immaterial, but either way. Now, he talks in Attack... Uh, Revenge of the Sith, he talks to Anakin about his former master, Darth Pelagius, and Darth Pelagius has been... The one to right cheat death. Cheat death. Now not, hold on, uh, <laughs> hold on. I got you. The way that Darth Pelagius cheated death is exactly how Palpatine did it as well. The okay. ability to transfer your okay. consciousness into, into a, a living receptacle. Okay. Not a clone. Okay. A living receptacle. Okay. Because if you watch in Rise of Skywalker, his entire goal is to put his consciousness into Ray. Right. A body, powerful body. The body snatchers. Mm -hmm. Okay. The power that Darth Pelagius has developed is the power to transcend death. And the power to transcend death through transferring your mental consciousness into another strong enough host body. The issue being you have to have a host body that can handle that kind of power. Oh, so it's a Captain Ginyu and Dragon Ball Z situation. See, I wouldn't know anything about that. That's you, a good reference other people will get and laugh at. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But the fact of the matter is, is having to find someone that you can willingly take over okay. became non-issue. Because once he's found this cloning technology from Kamino... Of course they now want to do it. Yeah, He can develop his own body, his own clones. Yeah. Which leads us into the second revelation that came out of this book, which I thought was... It makes perfect sense. Because... They reveal that Ray's father, Sheev Palpatine's son, in air quotes, was a failed clone of Palpatine himself. A clone that did not 
possess the force skill mm. and power uh-huh. enough to be a receptacle for that went all another brick in the wall on them mm-hmm. yeah and so uh he couldn't use this clone so it grew up as kind of a reject right and so uh we were wondering who uh who the hell would willingly bone down Chief Palpatine? Yeah, that's the uh, thing. We were like, who's the mom? <laughs> Gross. That dude was old when he was born. He was born like 55. <laughs> oh, but come on. He's in a position of power. First as a as a senator. Second as, you know, a leader of the Galactic Empire. His pacifier had an AARP card attached <laughs> to it, okay? <laughs> Yeah, but power is a hell of a... No, I wouldn't say aphrodisiac because they probably weren't into it. But Dude, you know his did. stroller was a Buick. <laughs> you know he got his bone down at some point or another, but the fact that, that thinking of him trying to mate right. with anyone in the purpose of procreation is hideous. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's kind of... At best. Yeah. No. Horrifying. Yeah. At best. <laughs> at worst criminal 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 for sure no (laughs) doubt it's criminal at worst there was no willingness no he full-on harvey weinstein this chick oh man see now we're gonna have to have a talk with seattle wave radio about that joke (laughs) no because if (laughs) if you support harvey weinstein in this day and age and in this culture you deserve to be lambasted for the asshole yeah, that you he's are. he's a piece of shit. What yeah, a piece I of shit. I heard that they're like going back and scrubbing their title logo out of a bunch of their movies. Good. That are like... Good. I feel bad for his brother. I feel, I feel bad for Lord of the Rings. I feel bad for Quentin Tarantino. I don't. He's a little creepy too. Yeah, dude. Mm. Come on. Uh, come foot, on. I'm sure those allegations will come out. I mean, the they're already... fetishism yeah. enough. Ugh. Yeah, he's a Anyways, weird dude. So... Chief Palpatine uh, has a clone, doesn't work, becomes the yeah, father Yeah, you know, of actually, the, the way you just spun that at me holds a lot of water, and it actually is pretty good. It makes more sense. Yeah. And I love the idea that he didn't have sex with anybody. <laughs> that that really... At least that she's not his uh, F trophy. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and I don't know. The, the, my, my, my big... My, I do dislike that raise a clone in the long or a clone offspring in the long run or whatever it's just aren't we all when you really boil it down that's true i mean what's the difference between clone and a baby eh, not much i don't know we're getting too deep there's a rabbit hole we can go down oh god i mean i've been reading a lot of cyberpunk books but <laughs> the matrix is real i'm telling you so and then the last revelation that has really kind of sparked any uh, news attention is that uh, Ray and, and Ben Solo, we can't call him Kylo Ren at that point, mm-hmm. share a kiss right Right before Ben fades away into, you know, nothingness, the Force. Yeah. And everyone was freaking out going, oh my God, that can't be a love. Why, they can't be in love. That's so disgusting. And he was the bad guy and he was such a dick. And, and, and they reveal that that wasn't a passionate kiss. I mean, it was passionate, but it wasn't a love. It was. It was gratitude. It wasn't romantic. It was. It was yeah. just heat of the moment. Just kind of goodbye. Goodbye. It was a hello. Everything. It was yeah. a thanks for saving me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that all the people that are uh, are shipping dude, Kylo and if a dude Ray, if I was saved by that dude like that I'd kiss him. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't blame her at all. <laughs> Although there was a lot, you know, two movies worth of sexual tension leading up to it, so it is kind of weird that they would undo that kind of build up, but that's that's fine. If they don't want it to be know, sexual tension, that's I don't know if it was sexual tension or but if it was that just... beefy that beefy steamy mind <laughs> chant mind fucking projection was definitely sexual tension. <laughs> The high waisted big giant bicep. So oily. He's just like, Welcome to Club Me. (laughs) (laughs) But so they, I mean, the book uh, has been generating a lot of heat. It's been pulling a lot of attention as far as expanding further on uh, issues and ideas that were already present in the book or in the movies. And I don't feel like, as far as a fan of Star Wars, as far as someone who's been following the canon for a lot of years, I don't feel like there was any real surprises in there. Um, I yeah, feel I like mean, it, like the casual observer might see the cloning issue as a surprise, like out of nowhere, or the... Uh, well, it's funny because... I mean, I don't see it that way. You know um, that, as well as I do, that the novelizations have a history of doing this, mm-hmm. where they add in a tiny little detail that makes a big difference with how you look at things if you're, you know, as nerdy as you and me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's cool. It's like, it shows you that like... More thought was going More depth into. and like, it's, it's the thing we talk about where you're if a fan and you get that little bit more detail, it really gives you that juice so that you can bite into. And so it's cool. I, I'm glad that even if like, I don't, you know, think all those points add up to a full connector dot picture to me. They're a little bit wonky. Some lines aren't very straight. It's still still cool image. I'm looking forward to reading it just because I want to see if they add any more depth to the General Hux betrayal. I want to see if they add any more depth to the Knights of Ren. That was a little off, like, miss, I don't know. Kind of almost like misfire. Off cuff. Yeah, they didn't explain enough. Um, Um So I'm looking forward to reading it. There's a lot. You could pick anything to death if, if you care enough, like, that all these ships are manned by the inhabitants of the planet that were you know there and then there's one con- control tower when there's like a thousand ships it's just like you know, I don't know whatever you can bitch all day but I loved it One, one definitely one of my favorite Star Wars movies right on we're gonna take another quick short break and then uh, we'll come back for a little bit more of a wrap up voting isn't just going to the polls on election day Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote no matter what. You can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance requesting your mailing ballot, explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot, check your voter registration status, find your polling site, and make sure you have the appropriate ID. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. All right. Welcome back. So, uh, yeah. So this is kind of the, the first episode in this new kind of format that we're trying out. This uh, hour-long format for Wave Radio, Seattle Wave Radio. Yeah, trying to punch punch the important points. Yeah, trying to keep it a little bit more 
crisp and popping and yeah because if it, I, we meander a lot i do like to just hear myself talk for 20 minutes straight all the time but <laughs> I, I, noticed, I don't but i like to listen to you talk i don't like to hear myself <laughs> talk. the uh i noticed that our topics of discussion were all originally 90s media like uh or not orig- all of them but you know they're updates remakes yeah new takes yeah friggin uh except for the coronavirus i guess it could just be the new ebola but coronavirus um, the new ebola it's like new coke but bird worse. flu too tastes better though new mutants was you know <laughs> um when the, when how old were you when new mutants first started getting published i was like 88 i was like mid 80s yeah late 80s okay so new mutants 1982 x-force is 91 yeah because they went through 100 issues okay so new mutants still though were old properties getting new updates new fresh looks at them right um i guess and they're so different like new mutants was comic book Mm-hmm. Now we're getting a very interesting movie out of it. Final Fantasy VII is just a straight-up remake, almost... I mean, area for area. You're getting the same cutscenes and dialogue. Mm-hmm. You're just getting different user Visuals, interface yeah. and different control scheme. Right. Um, and then Star Wars isn't, like, redoing anything. It's just wrapping up its story, but it's been a story that's 40 years in the making. Mm-hmm. 40? 70... So, yeah, well, I'm 42, and I was born in 77, so about that long. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just cool that, I mean... We'll say 40 years just for cheap math, and it makes me feel less old. Yeah. There is a lot of, like, complaint of, amongst people that, like, rehashing old IPs and, like, why don't you get new stuff out of whatever, but mm-hmm. I like seeing this old stuff, the stuff from my childhood that I wanted to see done right or done well or done again or, you know, cooler. That's the trap that we fall into, though. Yeah. Because we get these remakes that are badass and really cool, and then you get things like Thundercats Roar, uh, which yeah. I don't know if you know about me, but I'm a huge Thundercats fan from back in the day. Yeah. And then they redid it in 2011. The 2011 series only lasted like a season and a half. I liked it. I thought it was a fresh uptake on it. Then they have gone and just starting here recently, I think it comes out like it's either out now or just came out or coming out soon, but they've revamped it in a Teen Titans Go kind of fashion. Oh, the child show. The kids. Thundercats Roar. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, not that Thundercats was never a kid's show. But it wasn't. But yeah, this is like. That. This is the lowest common denominator, stupid, bright color loud noises youtube yeah style yeah it looks adventure like adventure time styled artwork yeah. well, adventure time's well written but yeah it's the it's the the low budget style artwork. over substance yeah. for sure it looks awful it's just a cash grab it makes me sad but yeah. so like you get you get these good remakes and then you get the the other end of the spectrum like we've got another remake coming out of one of the things i grew up on which was he-man and the masters of the universe uh that's kevin getting, smith that's getting a remake kevin smith's doing it Really? For Netflix. Really? He's writing it. Really? But he's, he's got voices like Susan Eisenberg, Alicia Silverstone, Justin Long, Stephen Root, it's, Diedrich of Bader. Of course it was going to be Justin Long. And Jason Muse. And of course Muse. Diedrich Bader. And of, of course Jason Muse. Tony Todd, Kevin Michael Richardson. Is this even a Kevin show or Conroy. is it just him hanging out with his friends again? Dude. He put his daughter in it, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Smith. It's yeah. just, they're going to be, it's going to be like a recording of him having a barbecue in his backyard. <laughs> and they're just going to make it into a TV show. Mark Hamill as Skeletor. 
Yeah. You got me right there. Yeah. Uh, Skeletor. Lena Headey is Evelyn. Uh, Chris Wood is Prince Adam and He-Man. Sarah Michelle Gellar is Tila. Huh. Uh, Liam Cunningham is Man at Arms. Man, that's Steven a big. Steven Root. That's a big budget, though. Cringer. Diedrich Bader is King Randor and Trapjaw. Uh, I'm going to scan down the list here for any more news. Henry Rollins is Triclops, which, you know, Henry huh. Rollins doing anything is awesome. That's um, true. Let's see. Uh, I could see that dude flying a kite and I'd be stoked. Right? And Jason Mewes is his. Hetero life mate Jason Muse playing Stinkor, <laughs> the skunk guy. That's funny. Uh, it, it's actually rather humorous to me. Kevin Conroy of Batman the Animated Series fame playing Merman. I'm in. I mean, it's going to be fun. And, and, and I don't know if you've caught the, uh, the She-Ra show that they've done for Netflix. I uh, did. Um, I haven't watched bad. it, but I see that it's like really girl power and like cool it's not bad. And positive and upbeat. Good message yeah, for kids. I've heard. Absolutely. Um, I I'm, I've always I'm always worried when they take on something that I grew up with, and certain times that worry is justified. Thank you, Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, for ruining Ninja Turtles for me. Yeah. How you see? You thought I was going to go to the Transformers. No, he fucked up. No, I love the first Transformers movie. I literally quote it almost on a daily basis. I like Bumblebee more. Hello, handsome man. Bumblebee's good. Um, Bumblebee is good. Yeah, it's actually it's a much better movie for sure. But the first Transformers movie is great. Anybody can fight me in the streets. Stay out of my DMs. <laughs> Slide into Tom's DMs and Duh. fight him. <laughs> Rest in peace, my mentions. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I You run a risk when you remake something, I think, because there's a certain amount of nostalgia that keeps something floating, that keeps something in the air. Uh, and so you got your things like your 8,000 Spider-Man reboots, yeah. which, you know, like them or love them, each one of them has their own merit, stands on their own for a particular reason or another. You got your... Uh, you're Howard the Ducks. Kevin Smith, speaking to Kevin Smith, was supposed to do a Howard the Duck cartoon animated thing and for Marvel Disney Plus, and that got shelved. Well, I think it really just depends on how much gas was in that tank originally mm-hmm. and how you're going to drive it now. Because right. like, there's a lot of stuff where there was... I can't believe it exists in the... Alvin and the Chipmunks... How the fuck did that ever get made? Chipwrecked. They they just sped up an album, and it got funny <laughs> enough that it got spread around. Eventually, turned into a TV show. I watched the old Ross Bagdasarian TV show. I loved it. It. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying not much gas in that tank as an as an idea. Let's Generation, just speed up yeah. our voices, and that somehow sells. No, you know, but you you get enough creative forces behind it. A couple movies later. It made like a billion dollars across those three movies or two or three movies or whatever it was, you know? It's just you, you see things like Bill Murray doing the fucking voice for Garfield. Right. And you know he just hates it, but it's a paycheck. Right. And so like there's there's no gas left in that tank and they're driving it straight into the goddamn ground. You watched uh we watched uh, Zombieland Two Double Tap. Oh, yeah. The other day, and there's this huge montage of Bill Murray shit. Yeah. Like he's on a fake press tour for Garfield Taylor, or was it Garfield 3 or whatever yeah, the hell it was? Something like that. And just how you could see it on his face, just like how utterly pedantic it all really yeah. was. You could tell just here for a page, right? Yeah. 
But uh, and that's and like I said, that's the risky run. You could either come out with something really original and cool, like like the first Transformers movie in your instance, or like our retreaded Spider-Man: Far From Home or Spider-Man: Homecoming, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. Or you could go down the realm of Thundercats Roar and Teen Titans Go and She-Ra. And, no, I like the oh, She-Ra. Oh, wait, sorry. One. I like the She-Ra. forgot it was well received. You fight me in the streets for that one. <laughs> or wow. Street Fighter. Cause Street Fighter. Live-action Street Fighter sucked. They're making another live-action Mortal Kombat movie right now. You know, it's have funny a because suit. they had that, YouTube, that mini YouTube series that caught fire and went super viral. And, like, that should have been something, you know? But I don't know. Anyways. I'll, I'll watch it anyways. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a there's a wave of nostalgia coming back and around and, and 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 you're either gonna end up on the positive side of it, like I really hope this Final Fantasy Seven remake is. Um, once I've had a chance to really get my teeth into it and see what, what it is. Um, and then you're gonna you know, you're gonna have your Thundercats roars. You gotta mm-hmm. find out where you sit. And I'm actually gonna watch I'll watch an episode. Just to say I did, just so I can have a firm grasp of how much I'm going to hate it. Right. And I know I'm going to hate it. Yeah. Jesus, I know I'm going to hate it. Yeah. But I'll watch it. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it I'll give it a chance, okay? This is my promise to you guys out there. I will give it a chance. I'm not going to. I know, Tom. I'm not going to give it a chance. Nope. I'll talk shit on it. Side unseen. Anyways, so this is, again, this is our new format. We're going to try and stick to it right around an hour. Yeah. Uh, taking a few breaks for commercials here or there, thanking our sponsors and thanking Seattle Wave Radio for giving us another platform, another opportunity yeah, to get in your ear holes. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, mention that I'm looking forward to the next couple of podcasts. We're going to be talking to uh, my good buddy Eric, who's a, a comic book writer and graphic designer, yeah. and uh, he does vector art and things like that, and he's been in the nerd-adjacent industry for decades. So talking to him is going to be a whole lot of fun. i got a couple of different musical guests coming up that are really going to hit. Uh, Regan Lane from Strangely All Right. He's a really, really cool dude, and, and I'm looking very much forward to that conversation. But uh, uh, for now, we're going to kind of sign off, and uh, thank you guys for listening again to the Feel Your Fandom podcast. Um, Tom, anything else you want to say? Yeah, you know, usually I end with some kind of bad joke, but <laughs> just take care of yourself, guys. It's spring. Spring has sprung. Summer's almost here. Let's get out and have a good one. For real. Yeah. And, and, and so from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for joining us again. Uh, stick around for next week's episode uh, with Eric Trotman. And until then... Uh, remember that everything is fandom and that fandom is everything. Take care.